Welcome to the Peebcast, brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. It is January 20th, 2022. The divisional round is here. The top four teams of each conference will battle it out to see who will have the opportunity to play in the conference title game. Ronnie and I will break down each matchup and let you know what key matchups you should be on the lookout for. Football is here. Playoff football is here. Let's get it. All right. Well, Ronnie, we have such an amazing slate of games this week, but did you get some snow? I mean, it's snowing out there right now. Yeah, it looks like a winter wonderland out there. You think we're back out in Lambeau Field or something, right? It, it looks beautiful oh, out there, though. You're trying to trigger me early on in this thing, aren't you? <laughs> I, oh, man. I might end up triggering you a little bit later on, too. I don't, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, I I know that you and I were texting back and forth uh, regarding the wildcard game on Monday night. I know that we were going to uh, talk about it, but what a crazy – that went completely different than I thought. I had picked the Cardinals, and boy, do I look stupid right now. Yeah, watching that game, it did not look like Kyler Murray was into it. I don't uh, – things were not going well. He was on the sidelines, kind of sitting on the bench. Just didn't know what was going on. And I think the whole situation, the playoff pressure – I think it was too much for him his first time around. And we've seen this before in the past with first-time young quarterbacks in the playoffs. They typically don't do that well. You know, you know. obviously we have some examples where that's not the case. Uh, but you look at even this year, you know, last weekend, uh, Derek Carr, that was his first playoff game, didn't play so well. Mac Jones played okay, but obviously not well enough. So this isn't the first time we've seen this. Yeah, it, it, it's just so – to me, I think a part of it that goes into it where it's like blows my mind is how they started the season and how they ended the season. It was really it what it didn't seem like it was the same team at all. And to me, that kind of goes to coaching a little bit like Cliff Kingsbury. He has a little bit of a track record now uh, from Texas Tech. Same thing with the Cardinals. And and we've seen this the last couple of years with the Cardinals. They start off. They start off strong. This is the strongest they've ever started. But then all of a sudden, they really taper off that that last half of the year. I I, I don't know what the answer is to that, but uh, it seems to be a trend there in Arizona. Yeah, we saw that, like you said, last season. Uh, in fact, uh, Arizona was playing Buffalo. I had that Hail Murray and uh, beat the Bills, and they were not the same the rest of the year as far as the Cardinals go. They uh, ended up missing the playoffs because of it. And, yeah, you're right, same thing this year. Yeah, well, this year he didn't have the Hail Murray. He had the Fail Murray when he tries to avoid a safety and throws a pick six. I oh, mean, such a rookie move right there. It, it really was. I, I almost heard him go, a team, like he was going to do like a, a you know a hook shot and just pick six. It was unfortunate. But so they're out. The Rams, they looked rather good. Odell Beckham looks to be in a good spot. We'll talk about him later, but – Ronnie, we got an unbelievable slate of games this weekend. Um, I want to go over those uh, real quick, kind of talking about, you know, uh, when they are and, and the time frame. So the first game on Saturday, it's the Tennessee Titan or the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. That game will kick off Saturday at 2.30 Mountain Time. You can find that game on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Next game is the San Francisco 49ers travel to Green Bay to take on the Green Bay Packers. That game is at 6.15 p.m. Mountain Time. You can see that game on Fox or Fox Deportes. I'm really excited about that one. I think that goes without saying. And then Sunday, we got the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Tampa Bay uh, to take on the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Uh, take place at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. You can see that game on NBC and Peacock. And then finally, Ronnie, I think you know a little bit about this one. The Buffalo Bills go into Arrowhead to face the Kansas City Chiefs. That game is at 4.30 Mountain Time. You can find that on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. I am, I can't wait. This is an unbelievable slate of games. It's going to be amazing. I, every one of these matchups could go either direction. Uh, one play here, one play there could change the outcome of the game. It's going to be a fun, exciting weekend of football. It is. I got to ask you, so I know – the Buffalo game 
hands down is the one that you're really looking forward to. But outside of that, which one are you most looking forward to t- tuning into to, to see the result of this weekend? You know, I'm excited about this Rams-Bucks game. That's going to be a fun game to watch. There's a lot of individual matchups in this one. Uh, you're going to see Mike Evans versus Jalen Ramsey throughout the game. Uh, you're going to have Tom Brady versus the uh, the pass rush uh, with Aaron Donald and the company. There's a lot of uh, storylines in this game. You know, I'm excited to see it. And, of course, there's Matthew Stafford. Uh, his first, it looks like this might be his first true deep run in the open that he it continues that run because if I think if there's anybody in the league that deserves it, it would be him. Absolutely. Um, I am going to go a little bit of a different direction here. I'm really excited for that Tennessee Titans Cincinnati Bengal game. Uh, Tennessee, they got the the first round by. They beat a lot of really good opponents this year, and I just feel like that that's two different teams, right? Tennessee likes to run the ball. Cincinnati likes to throw it all over the yard. I'm really excited to see what happens in that game. But as I was thinking about that, you know, we have two teams that have first round buys, right? The playoff structure got got changed uh, last year where there's only one team in each conference that gets the first round buy. Now, let me ask you, what do you think is more important? Do you think having that first round buy, getting that rest? Um, or I should say most impactful, right? So having that first round by getting that rest, or would you rather be, have played really important games and, and you didn't get a, a, you know, first round by, you didn't get a week off, but you're playing at a high intensity and you're rolling right now. Uh, That was something that was on my mind. What, what would you, what do you value more uh, in that Ronnie? I think for me, I, I would go with getting that first round by, uh, you know, when a team has to fight tooth and nail down the stretch to kind of get into the playoffs, like that last month of the regular season is like playoff situation for them practically. I think that can wear on a team physically and mentally. And then when you get into the playoffs, that is just intensified that much more. And so I do think it's difficult for uh, in that way. And you look at the flip side of that, when you get that by, it's such a huge advantage to get some some rest, especially if you got some injuries. Big example of that being Tennessee. It looks like they might be getting Derrick Henry back this weekend. And we haven't heard officially yet, but uh, he is practicing. And from the videos I've seen, he looks like he's ready to roll. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you on, on, on that standpoint. I think the rest is important, but in my mind, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. And I think on one end, yes, it's important to have that rest and for the Tennessee Titans I think it's huge because they're getting healthy because they weren't really towards the tail end of that that you know of the season but on the Green Bay Packers side I'm almost flipped on this and we'll see like I mean we can talk about this tell them blue in the face but until they play and we we watch it we won't know but I really think that they might be at a disadvantage because of who their opponent is so San Francisco who's had to claw for probably since November to get in the playoffs um were able to get in and have been playing meaningful, intense playoff style football for four to five weeks. Whereas the Green Bay Packers, you know, their last meaningful game was, you know, toward, I mean, I would say against maybe Minnesota, but they, they didn't even play against Kirk Cousins in that game. They played against Sean Mannon and, you know, they, they won that game. So you'd have to go even further than that, where they were truly tested, I feel. And then they played their starters against, or at least in the first half against Detroit. They end up losing that game week 18. Now they get a week off. So I almost feel for Green Bay, they are starting to get healthy a little bit. But that intensity, they're going to have to find a way to find it. Because San Francisco has been playing with it for weeks. And I think that might be a key to the game that we'll definitely talk about. But it's always interesting in me because how, how many times have we seen one of these teams that have a bye get beat that first, uh, you know, against a, like a wild card team that, it, that has come up. I mean, I, I feel like we've seen that quite a bit uh, throughout the history of the playoffs. I think we've seen it. And it certainly has happened. Uh, just a quick uh, number that I found here. Uh, as of last year's playoffs, not counting what's happened this year, but obviously only 12 of 232 teams that played in wild card made, made it to the Super Bowl. So I think to your point, that first that first game, yeah, I probably means something. But after that, if you're in that wild card round and you're playing, uh, the odds don't look good for you. Man, you just smashed me down with some stats there. 
that <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Uh, I feel a little sheepish, but I will say, uh, I know that the New York Giants. I feel like it, it might be a little bit more prevalent now. Um, as far as making, know that that's a tough road. You definitely would love to have at least a home game in there because wild card, you're on the road the entirety of the playoffs, things like that. Um, but as far as you know, that first round by, I would love to kind of see some of some of those numbers because I feel like every year there's one that just a, a team knocked them out, and that was a team you were like, oh my gosh, I, that's why had when uh, winning the Super Bowl. And I know San Francisco's done it in their history. So I'm excited about that. I don't want to tip my cards too much on my breakdown of that game. But speaking of games, we got a breakdown. Are you ready for this? I, I'm, I can't wait to dive into this. Oh, let's do this, man. Let's go. All right. So we'll dive into them in, in chronological order here, starting from uh, you know the first game all the way through the last. So we're going to start off talking about the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Nashville, Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans. I'm excited about this game. You know, the Bengals are bringing in a high-powered offense with a lot of weapons at receiver. And Tennessee, there's no – we know what they're going to try to do, and that's to pound the rock. They are. That's that's what they're best at. That's what they're good at, and that's what they're going to have to do because uh, Tannehill cannot carry this team. And you look at his playoff record. They're 2-2 two and two in the playoffs with him as their starting quarterback. The last two were losses. Uh, you look at his numbers, 534 total yards. That's 133 and a half yards per game. Uh, that's terrible. Uh, you look at the two wins, Derrick Henry combined 377 yards on the ground. The two losses, 109. If this running game doesn't get going, whether he plays or not, uh, they're going to lose if they don't, if they can't run the rock. Uh, Tannehill cannot carry them. And I know he's got some new weapons or a new weapon with uh, Julio Jones. He's been in and out of the lineup and really has been, I'm sorry to say, but not a factor uh, this year. So uh, A.J. Brown's a big one, but he's had him last year as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you've got the Bengals are the fifth-ranked team in the rush defense in total yards given up on the ground. So it's almost a strength versus strength situation here. And the uh, the Titans' pass defense, not that good. And the Bengals are seventh in passing. In fact, I looked at this earlier they have an average of 8.7 yards per pass attempt, which is tops in the league. And I know you've got a little, uh, some information, some details on that Tennessee pass defense as well. Yeah, I, I do. I really like the matchup for on, on Cincinnati's end because, you know, first of all, one of the things, they want to get the ball to Jamar Chase. And the, I guess the chemistry that Joe Burrow and Jamar have had you know, really goes all the way back to LSU. So these guys know each other. This isn't their rookie season together trying to figure each other out. They've known each other for a while. Um, and really, as he goes, you know, the Bengals go. So Jamar Chase has three straight games of 115 yards or more. And Cincinnati's actually 5-1 and one when he has 100 yards or more. <laughs> now, I say that because Tennessee's pass defense is against wide receivers is pretty porous. They're 31st in receptions given up, 31st in yards, and 28th in TDs given up, and that's two wide receivers. Now, with the Bengals, they have some pretty good wide receivers. It's not just Jamar Chase. They have T. Higgins, and they also have Tyler Boyd. And you know Joe Burrow is not going to hesitate to be slinging that around. To me, that's a big key in this matchup because, as you mentioned, Cincinnati's pass offense is rather explosive. Uh, they're second in yards after the catch, first in yards attempt, uh, yards per attempt. So that's going to be a huge key to, to this game, and I'm, I'm excited to watch that matchup. Yeah, me too. It's a great way to start off the weekend. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And uh, it, like, like you mentioned, Brian Tannenhill, they're going to have to they're going to have to run the ball. My, the thing is, for me, when I look at this game, is Cincinnati wants to throw. That's a, a, a little bit more explosive, right? Uh, I know that they still had Derrick Henry, but how effective and how much, if they get down early, are they going to stick with that run? Because I think that's going to be a key of the game too. If they abandon the run, like you mentioned, Tennessee's going to be in a world of hurt, and I think we could see a one seed go down. Um, but if they're able to stay patient and run the ball and stay within their offense, I think they're going to be able to um, have some success and, and whatnot. So I, I'm, I think, you know, after everything we said, 
I'm, I'm going towards Tennessee in this one. I, I really feel that. Really? That's a little bit of a surprise to me. I, I'm going to just throw this out there, too. I know, like you were saying, if Cincinnati can put up a lead and force Tennessee to have to throw it, Tennessee's not very good at protecting Tannehill. They're one of the worst teams in the league. I believe it's 47 sacks or something uh, to that nature that the Titans have given up. So if Hendrickson and that pass rush from the Bengals can pin their ears back and get after it, it could be a really long day for the Tennessee. And uh, this could end up being a blowout. And I, I'm going Cincinnati. Man, I, I mean, you mentioned something there that I definitely think is the key. Trey Hendrickson and his health. He went down last week with the concussion. Uh, he's questionable. He's got to pass that. But that's huge because, yeah, you're right. Tennessee has allowed 47 sacks this year. But the Bengals, they, they're not just not missing Trey Hendrickson. They're missing a, another couple guys that are key in their run defense, and that's Larry Ogunjobi and Mike Daniels. So, I mean, they need to have those guys healthy if they're going to have a chance at stopping that run. So who would you say, okay, who's your X factor in this? Who do you think is going to be the key to this game, especially you're picking Cincinnati. So who, or, you know, who's the key for you in this matchup? I think based on the numbers that we're seeing, uh, I'm going to have to go with Jamar Chase. It's kind of like, uh, you know, teams like Tennessee and Derrick Henry, they know they're going to hand him the ball, yet they can't stop him. Same thing with Cincinnati. People know Jamar Chase is going to get targeted, yet they cannot stop him. Uh, and I think I think uh, Chase is going to have a big, big day and be the difference in this. Yeah, I I think I'm going to lean, uh, obviously, on the Tennessee side because as he goes, I think Tennessee is going to go. And I know that they're going to probably be force-feeding him the ball, and that's Derrick Henry. Um, and matter of fact, uh, I know that this is supposed to be one player, but I'm going to loop him in because this is all – these guys, Derrick Henry, Deontay Foreman, and Dontrell Hilliard. Those are all the guys that are going to be toting the rock. Tannehill gets it in there a little bit. He he has seven touchdowns on the season rushing, but it's going to be those running backs. Derrick Henry, Deontay Foreman, probably my top two guys, because uh, Deontay Foreman, he's done a good job uh, while Derrick Henry's been out since week, I think week eight. So um, th that's my key to this, and, th and that's my X factor in this. All right, so I got Tennessee. You got Cincinnati. We got another game on Saturday, and this is a big one. The San Francisco 49ers are traveling to Green Bay, and I cannot wait for this matchup. I'm having a hard time sleeping, Ronnie. I'm, I'm going crazy in my brain, but I got to hear your thoughts on this game. You know, so when you kind of dig into the, the numbers on this game, honestly, everything almost points – almost everything points to the 49ers winning this. But there are a few things that I want to point out here. And I know you've had a ton of stats, too, that you're going to throw back at me. But let me just hit up on a couple of things. So the 49ers, we all know that they run the ball. However, they're only at, well, I say only, and this is a pretty good average, but it's 17th in the league, 4.3 yards per carry. Uh, on the flip side of that, though, are the Packers, and I know you're going to mention this. Uh, so their run defense is a little questionable, and I'll let you kind of uh, touch on that. Uh, there's some other things in there, too, but the main thing that I'm kind of looking at here, the 49ers since 1950 are 2-5 and five in Lambeau in the months of December and January, and it's going to be cold this weekend. It is going to be cold this weekend. Bundle up. Bundle up, man. It is going to be gnarly. You know, I, I agree. I think that, you know, with I, – I think the 49ers match up really, really well with the Packers. Um, we know that as – 49er go the 49ers go they want to run the ball that's their first and foremost that's their bread and butter and they do it in a lot of different ways in fact they've been bringing uh, Debo Samuel into that mix last week he had 10 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown as a wide receiver might, might need to call him wide back and that's what he's calling his position because he he's all over the place he's a beast but one key to this is Elijah Mitchell he didn't play in their first matchup when uh, Green Bay uh, beat them on a last-second field goal. They actually had Trey Sermon in there. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball for 40-plus times in that game. And we know that that is not how the 49ers want to that, – that's not their recipe for success. But Elijah Mitchell, he is averaging 4.7 yards per carry. And as you mentioned, the Packers' run defense is not very good at all. They, in fact, are giving up. Uh, 4.7 yards per carry. That's 29th in the NFL. 
That's uh, over 109 yards per game, but they've also faced the fourth fewest run attempts. So this is on limited type. I mean, I know we're, this is, you know, the 20th week of the season, but they've the fourth fewest run attempts. So it's like people kind of get away from it, but you know, San Francisco is going to do everything to not get away from that. And they're going to incorporate Debo Samuel in that as well. It's going to be Elijah Mitchell. And it that's where the 49ers are going to attack. And I, I really, really like that matchup. Yeah, I, it is a good matchup. And there's some other on the other side of that too. Uh, that's kind of like a, a strength versus a weakness type situation. There's another thing I noticed too, with the Packers, they uh, they're ninth in uh, yards per attempt at seven point six yards, and uh, they their defense eighteen interceptions on the season. That's tied for sixth. The 49ers only have nine picks all year. That's uh, not that good. Uh, I don't know. You know, a lot of times interceptions is a is a stat that is not always indicative of how good a pass defense is. A lot of it's opportunity, but. Uh, at the end of the day, I do think that Packers defense is going to get a pick or two out of Garoppolo, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to make them pay. And I think this is going to be a one-score game. But I'm going with the uh, the Packers on this one. Don't hate me, buddy. Oh man, I, I'm not going to hate you, but I'm definitely <laughs> going to be uh, going to be looking over at you and being like, eh, "I told you, I told you." You know, you mentioned you know they only have uh, nine picks this season. Uh, the 49ers defense. But one thing that's kind of come along is their pass defense, but it's not in the way of picks kind of like, as you mentioned, because they have their front four have gotten after the passer. And it's not just, you know, really quickly. It's some of these have been covered sacks where the quarterback is forced to hold on to the ball because they're not trying not to throw a pick and he's getting sacked. So last week against Dallas, they had five sacks and 14 QB hits. That's a lot. They did something very similar the week before against the LA Rams. The key, you have to be able to disrupt Aaron Rodgers. If you do not, if you allow him to sit back there and not get hit and throw the ball around, he's going to beat anybody. He's, he will beat anybody that way. So to me, that's really the key. And that matchup, the Packers O-line is the 18th ranked uh, O-line in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. They and they might be getting some some help this week in David Bakhtiari. He's questionable right now, so he may not play. Um, I'm anticipating him to play, um, but they're losing a big wide receiver, and that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, he's doubtful in this game, so I, I don't think um, he's going to be available, but um, I'll tell you what. Um, one other matchup that I really enjoyed with this is the San Francisco red zone offense. They get down inside that 20. They are first in the NFL and converting into touchdowns. Whereas Green Bay is their 29th in the league in their red zone defense. And their third down defense is ranked 24th, whereas the Niners is 14th in the league. So those are some big matchups to look at. And if you if you really look down the stretch, Green Bay's defense was not playing as well. They actually have five games where they've given up over 30 points this year. So it's going to be interesting. You know who I'm picking in this game, and that's the 49ers, man. Uh, but what's your you, – I know that you have a, a key player that you want to talk about in this in this matchup uh, that's going to be a key. You know, I, I'm going to kind of go outside the box a little bit. This guy that I'm going to name is not necessarily your star player of the Packers. Uh, I think the the San Francisco defense, they are very, very good. They are third in the league overall. So I think they're going to be kind of keying on uh, Devontae Adams. He's going to get his, but there's one guy uh, that's had kind of – he's been coming on here lately the past month or so. I believe he's got four or five touchdown receptions. But but Lazard, uh, I think he's going to make some plays in this game, and that's going to be kind of the difference. Uh, you're picking the Niners. I'm picking the Pack. And uh, I, I kind of want to have a – throw this out there for you so far we're split on these games let's have a little bet okay our playoff pickums. what do you think we should do whoever has the most correct picks by the end of the playoffs what what do you think we go with that oh man uh you want to know what i think we should throw that out there to our listeners uh, I think it's always funny for one of us to think of something, but I know that our fans might be a little bit more ruthless because they don't have a dog in the fight potentially. Uh, so maybe we should post that on our social media sites. And there's actually some news that you wanted to talk about on our Twitter site. 
Absolutely. So the good lead into that, we have a, a new Twitter page uh, for the, the podcast. It's at the Peepcast. You could go there. You can comment. Uh, let us know what your thoughts on each of these games. Let us know what your thoughts on this bet. Uh, we have some polls that we post up there sometimes. We just want to interact with our listeners and hear from you guys. Uh, you can also follow us on the uh, on Facebook, uh, the Peepcast as well, and hit the follow there and interact uh, as well. Uh, so with that, who is your X Factor? You know, this one is so tough because I think there's so many variables uh, that go in this. But I'll tell you what, my X Factor, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is, he's had a, a hurt thumb. He's got a sprained shoulder. He's been throwing at practice. We know that Trey Lance is right there in the back, you know, behind him. And um, he's the future of the team. But right now is Jimmy's time. And you can you can almost sense that he knows that his time is now. And you mentioned he's he, he might give the Packers one or two. And I've heard that over and over again. But he can get the ball down the field. And I think that with his performance, I think that he's going to um, – He's going to help the 49ers win this game. We're going to be able to run the ball. That's an easy layup there. I know that we're going to have to get after the passer, but if Jimmy doesn't turn over the ball, it's going to be really difficult for the Packers to win. Yeah, I can see that. Let me ask you a quick question. You mentioned Trey Lance. What is the likelihood of seeing him in this game? Maybe a a Trey Lance package here and there. Well, they did that in the first matchup between these guys. He actually saw a lot of action, but as the season's kind of gone on, um, Kyle Shanahan said that he really gets out of rhythm as a play caller, putting different quarterbacks in there because they just have different skill sets. Um, so he actually stopped doing that. Although in this matchup, because of Green Bay's pat or run defense, I wouldn't put it past him, but I would say that it's it's unless Jimmy gets hurt, that's always the key, right? Of course, he's going to see action, right? But if Jimmy's healthy and he's he's doing his thing, I, I think it's going to be highly unlikely uh, that Trey Lance is going to see any time. But if J- if um, Jimmy's playing poor, he's turning over the ball, and Kyle thinks that he can get an advantage with Trey, potentially. And I know that's like the political answer, like, oh, it could happen, whatever. I think it's highly <laughs> unlikely in the scenario that you're talking about of him getting like a Trey Lance package or anything, but – I wouldn't put anything past Kyle Shanahan either. Like that guy is a genius and I am sure that he has something up his sleeve and he won't hesitate if he sees a, a good opportunity, but I still think it's unlikely. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I you know, I would agree with you on uh, the, the Shanahan comment. He is definitely one of the more creative, better play calling coaches in the, in the game today. Absolutely. Well, we are, we got two down. We still got two, two to go, but before, we get into that. We got to have a word from our sponsors, Buffalo Wild Wings, and uh, it's going to make me hungry, Ronnie. <laughs> I hear you, especially for those wings, right? Oh, especially for those wings. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. So this one time at B-Dubs, a couple of friends came in for football, and they asked for the best seats in the house, which is kind of a trick question since we've got wall-to-wall TV so you can watch the game in any direction. Kind of makes every seat the best seat in the house. So when I explained all that, they just sat at the bar. Cause you gotta be close to the beer on game day. Buffalo Wild Wings, to the greatest of all times. Please drink responsibly. All right, we're back and now I'm officially hungry for some wings, but you know what, Ronnie? There's a rumor on the street that you're going to be cooking up some wings this weekend when we're over for the Buffalo game. I'm going to do what, do my best uh, after visiting Buffalo and having some actual authentic wings. I've learned that I need to step up my game. So we're going to give a shot, some new recipes, some new methods, and uh, you're going to be my guinea pig. Is that cool? Oh, I'm totally cool with it. Just don't <laughs> don't make them suck. But I'm sure that you have a lot of pride in everything that you do. So I'm actually really, really excited for them. Uh, I can't wait. Um, but before we talk about the Bills and Wings, we got a really interesting matchup. I know that you're excited to talk about, and that's the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Tampa Bay to uh, to take on the Buccaneers there. What do you like about this matchup so much? Well, Watching this game, okay, so you got Tom Brady, everybody, okay, uh, like him or not, 
He is the GOAT. And anytime he is on the field, you want to watch and see what he's going to do. Uh, but when I look at this, he's got to go up against a pretty ferocious pass rush led by Aaron Donald. Uh, and it, it's funny. It's interesting. The Rams defense, statistically speaking, isn't that good, actually. However, there are some things that they're pretty good at. Uh, they are third in yards per attempt in passing, 8.1 yards. And uh, the Bucks are second in the league in allowed yards per attempt at 6.4. So, you know, that's kind of a strength versus weakness there as well. And I know people want to talk about the Buccaneers' run defense, and it's pretty good. But you kind of mentioned this a while ago. The volume uh, of rush attempts against the Bucks, it's actually one of the lower uh, numbers in the league. The Bucks are giving up 4.3 yards per carry, good for 16th in the league. So the Rams, though, actually aren't that good statistically, again, at 4.1 yards per carry. However, Cam Akers is back, and I know you want to kind of touch on that. I cannot believe the explosiveness that he ran with on Monday night. And mind you, for those of you who don't know, this guy uh, blew out his Achilles uh, in training camp. Uh, or, or slightly before training camp. So it's been about six months. Uh, and Achilles injury is something that keeps athletes out for the season. And he has come back and the, it didn't look like he had anything holding him up there. And I think that's a huge key in this game because the Rams, as you saw in on Monday night, they were able to run the ball. He had almost 100 yards rushing. And Matt Stafford, he, it looked like he was throwing it all over the place. He only threw the ball 17 times. He was 13 of 17. So, Hakers, to me, in this matchup is going to be huge because if they can protect Matt Stafford, if they can allow Cam Akers to run the ball, who was going to have a huge part of this offense uh, before he got hurt, the the combination of Cam Akers and Sony Michelle, I think, I think that might be a potent mixture uh, for that Rams offense. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. The Bucks' pass defense is second in the league and allowed uh, yards per attempt, so it's actually strength versus strength between the Rams' offense and the Bucks' defense. So going back to the run game for the Rams, even though I know on the season they're only 4.0 yards per carry, I'm with you. I think Michelle and Akers are going to have a big day. Uh, I would not be shocked if they combine for 150 at least and or more and I think because what you were just saying with Stafford only tipping 17 passes I think we're going to see something similar I think we're going to see a lot of Akers uh, a lot of Michelle especially in the short yardage uh, situations but you're right Cam Akers looks like an absolute beast on the field super explosive he was fast he was lowering his shoulder putting it laying down the, the the wood I mean it was it was impressive to watch him go and to bring in somebody like that with fresh legs it's it's amazing and I, I want to ask, is it too late to give a comeback player of the year in the same year? Has that ever happened? Oh, man. I mean, from what he's coming back from, I mean, that's incredible. I know that uh, Nick Bosa is going to be up there. I know Dak Prescott's going to be up there. Um, and they have a little bit more of a body of work. But, man, I, just regardless, it's, it's impressive. The only thing that I can really compare it to, and this is kind of the scope that I'm looking at this through is, or the lens, I should say, Jerry Rice in 1998 tore his ACL against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers week one. He came back in week 15, okay, the same year, had over 100 yards receiving against the Denver Broncos. He ended up breaking his kneecap in that game. But the guy came back from a torn ACL in the same season. That is the same, like, this is the same type of thing. It And it needs, I, I feel like he's not getting the respect that he should be getting because, I mean, we should be hearing about this day in and day out, but outside of that, we know that running the ball, that's in the trenches. And this game is going to be won inside the trenches. And there's a matchup there that I don't think looks very good for the Buccaneers that I think should worry Buccaneer fans. So first of all, the first domino to fall in this was when Tristan Wirfs went down last week with an ankle injury. And that's their starting right tackle, okay? Well, we know that the bread and butter of the Rams' defense is their pass rush. They're built on it. They have Aaron Donald. They got Vaughn Miller. They got Leonard Floyd. They got Ashawn Robinson. They got Greg Gaines. They have a lot of guys who are going to go after uh, Tom Brady. 
we know the kryptonite to Tom Brady is a pass rush. Okay. Now that offensive line has played well most of the season. They're actually the number two ranked offensive line, according to pro football focus in the NFL. But when you start having injuries, especially at a tackle position where Von Miller is going to line up and he has one sack in the last five games, that spells trouble. And then if you have to garner, you know, getting a back over there and paying attention to that, that means that you're going to leave Aaron Donald with some room to work. You're going to leave Leonard Floyd with some room to work. And I just don't think that that's a really good matchup for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, the one thing that does kind of worry me a little bit with uh, with the Rams, Stafford has 17 picks on the year. Uh, that, that's quite a few, almost one a pick or more than a pick a game. However, seven of those came over the final three weeks, three weeks of the regular season. Uh, and I think that's partially why we saw uh, so much of the running game last week. And I think that's why we'll see a lot of the running game this week too. But with that, I am still going to go with the Rams on this one. I do think they pull it out against the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I've thought a lot about this game. And, I mean, it, it's almost a pick em, right? I, I know that when you look at the weapons, uh, they got Mike Evans, they got Gronk, and then, you know, Tom Brady, he also likes to throw to that running back. So whether it's Leonard Fournette or uh, Giovanni Bernard, that that's something that he does to kind of slow some of that up is, is he he will check you down and then he'll go deep and that is tough but Jalen Ramsey's gonna you know really try to take away Mike Evans and that leaves Gronk and and, and the running backs uh, to do that but on the flip side of this is what Stafford can do and what the Buccaneers can do so they the Buccaneers like to blitz they're first in blitzing in the NFL okay uh, they like to blitz and they like to try to create pressures. Now, Matt Stafford is actually really good against the blitz this year. He has 139.6 rating for versus the blitz, and that's first in the NFL. However, the pressure part. Now, you can blitz and not get pressure. That's when the offensive line picks everything up and or or the quarterback beats it with a really quick throw. Now, pressure is when you got a guy right around the quarterback where he's got to alter his feet, alter his throw, and that's called pressure. It's not a sack, but it's pressure. Now, when Stafford is pressured, he has a 63.4 rating, which is 20th in the NFL. And uh, I will tell you, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are second in pressure percentage and second in quarterback hits. Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, is going to be dialing it up, whether it's a sack, they have 47 on the air, whether it's blitzing, giving them different looks, or trying to create pressure, you know that they're coming for Stafford. And uh, that's something that Stafford is going to be aware of. But it's also something that that offensive line needs to be aware of too. And I think that's why that that running game is going to be so important to stay uh, in front of the sticks. Yeah, so with that, who is who's your X factor in this game? You know, my X factor in this game uh, – I, I hate to do this again, but it, it's going to be a position group and it's going to be the offensive line of Tampa Bay. I think if the the offensive line can give Brady time, I think it's going to be really hard for, for uh, the Rams. Uh, Tom Brady's 14 and two in the divisional round and it's for a reason, but if they are able, if the Rams are able to get pressure and that offensive line falters, that's going to be huge. I think that's where the game is going to be won and lost right there in that trench. Um, we know that Brady gets frustrated. We know that um, he, they have some good matchups for the Rams, but if, if, if he has all day, he's going to pick you apart. And if he doesn't have all day, it's going to be a long day for the Buccaneers. So that's my position group that I have there. How about you, Ronnie? I know that you got uh, a key matchup that you have your eyes on as well. Yeah, we kind of already touched on him. I think Akers is going to be the difference in this one because if he can get rolling, uh, it's going to be a long day for Tampa Bay's or defense. And it's a great way also to keep Brady off of the field. Uh, that offense is potent, albeit with uh, some weapons sitting on the sidelines, one weapon sitting at home. We all know who that is. We won't go into that. Uh, I think Akers uh, is going to come in here and they're going to test that uh, Bucks front seven. And I think he's going to have a huge game. And that's why I'm going Rams. You got Rams, and I'm going to follow you on that one. Um, I just think the Rams, they're 
I think they're starting to get their, and I don't want to say their mojo because I don't think they really lost their mojo, but I think that some of those key guys that they didn't have earlier in the season, like a Odell Beckham Jr. who has a touchdown in six of the last eight games, uh, Cam Akers getting him. The Rams also defeated the Bucks in week three, and that was a game when Tampa Bay was playing a lot from behind. Um, I know it's hard to beat Tom Brady two, two in a row, but I just think, Tampa Bay's missing some weapons offensively. Their protection has some question marks about it, and that's the Rams' strength. I, I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I think the Rams are going to beat the Buccaneers, and uh, I think they'll advance to the NFC Championship game. I think you're right. And, you know, <laughs> Tom Brady has not beaten the Rams since he joined the Bucs. He's 0-2, so there's that too. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's huge. Well, we got one more, Ronnie. You might have and might know a little bit about this game. That's the Buffalo Bills traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. What say you, Rodney? What do you got what? in this game? Let's go, Buffalo. This game, <laughs> man, I cannot wait for it. It's going to be huge. Uh, it's going to be a back-and-forth affair. I, I I, know a lot of people are, are saying this is going to be a lot of fireworks, but I do have some thoughts on that. I get it. Both of these offenses are good. Both of these offenses can put up some points. But here's something for you. Buffalo is the only team in the playoffs, even counting last week's wildcard games, they're the only team with a top five offense and defense. Uh, they, the Chiefs average 7.3 yards per attempt. The Bills, surprisingly, only average 6.8 yards per attempt. So the Chiefs do have the Bills in that category. However, Buffalo's pass defense is absolutely legit. They are lights out. And that's with Tredavious White on the sidelines with that injury. They've been without him for about half the season now. The uh, the Bills' uh, pass defense, it's number one in the league. They're one of the top teams in the interceptions. They, uh, I think that's going to be a huge thing right there. The, uh, man, I just I can't wait for this game, man. I just cannot. Uh, the Bills' yards per carry. And this is the thing, and I keep hearing this, Buffalo needs to run the ball more. Buffalo needs to become more uh, uh, complimentary and – they're, they can't run the ball. when I, Buffalo is actually fifth in the league in yards per carry at 4.8. 4.8 yards per carry. And I know a lot of that has to do with Josh Allen, but that's still part of the running game. He does run a lot. They are design runs uh, very often. And the Chiefs defense, they're giving up 4.8 yards per carry, second worst in the league. So I can't that's... wait to get to my X factor on this because I have some thoughts. But go ahead. What do you got? For oh, I, I, I can't wait. So – my, you know, my thoughts on this game is these two teams are a lot like each other. They are mirror images of, of each other, pretty much. I mean, it's almost like that Spider-Man meme where they're kind of pointing at each other. Like, you, no, oh, no, that's you, that's me, no. <laughs> that's what this reminds me of because both teams are pass first, but they have the ability to run. They have defenses that play the pass better than the run. Now, Buffalo won that first matchup in week five, and that's when Patrick Mahomes was kind of in his slump a little bit, but they beat him handily. 38-20, to 20, that game was in Arrowhead, and to me, that was such a big boost for Buffalo this season. If they would have lost that game, there would have been question marks about them all season long. But, you know, they lost to the Chiefs in the championship game the year before, so you know that that's the – this is the team that they're – measuring against and you you know that and you and that's what's so exciting about this game in fact i believe whoever wins this game is going to represent the afc in the super bowl now i now there's some matchups that i really like in this on buffalo's defense now travis kelsey is to me is the linchpin in that offense for kansas city he lines up in the slot he plays, you know, that third wide receiver. He can play that second wide receiver. Uh, he, he's a tight end, but he runs really, really good routes. And kind of as he goes, that's where Patrick Mahomes gets that that confidence. And he runs after the catch, man. Well, you want to know what? The Buffalo defense is top six against tight ends in receiving yards allowed, or receptions allowed, allowed yards allowed, and touchdowns allowed. So that's actually a strength for, for Buffalo. Now, they don't do it just with one guy. Matt Milano should take a lot of credit for that, but it's also Jordan Poyer who has five interceptions on the year. It's Micah Hyde who also has five interceptions on the year. That's a big key matchup. Now, outside of Travis Kelsey, there's a new person that or new player that has really kind of started to gain some momentum in that Kansas City Chief offense, 
as Patrick Mahomes has kind of worked his way out of the slump. The slump started because he was keying in on one guy. If he wasn't there, he would hold it, hold it, hold it. And then he would either get sacked or kind of get held up behind, you know, uh, you know, throw an incomplete pass that looked really bad. But he's done a really good job of starting to dump that ball down. And Jarek McKinnon, to me, somebody that you might want to take a look at in this game. He had a really big wild card round uh, with six catches, 81 yards and a touchdown. How do the Bills do against running backs out of the backfield? Well, let me tell you, Ronnie, (laughs) they are first in receptions against running backs. They're fifth in yards given up and 10th on touchdowns given up. So those two matchups I really like because I think that we can see Mahomes get into some trouble there. If those guys aren't open, that's kind of been his blanket this year. Okay, my Tyree Kill's not open. My guy's not open. I got Travis Kelsey. I don't have Travis Kelsey. I got Jarek McKinnon or, or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Buffalo matches up well in that, okay? Now, on the flip side, the defense, this is where I think is huge. And it's almost John Madden of me to talk about takeaways right whoever doesn't turn over the ball they're going to have a big opportunity to win well it's really true in this because I do think that there's going to be fireworks in this game I think it has the potential to be a track meet we all know that that makes possessions even more important than they might be I don't think we'll see a ton of punts but if we start seeing some turnovers that could be key now Josh Allen has turned over the ball this year he's got 15 interceptions He's got to be careful, and I know he's a gun gunslinger, gun gunslinger. Holy cow! He's gonna <laughs> want to grip it and rip it. Now the Chiefs' defense—they've been playing well, especially as takeaways the last eight games because they have 18 takeaways in the last eight. So the Chiefs' defense has played well because they've gotten takeaways. Josh Allen's got to protect that ball. It's really important for them to protect that ball. Um, I'm really excited for this. I think offensively i think the bills are going to do really well i think defensively they have some key matchups that are gonna make kansas city falter a little bit so uh i'm i'm picking the bills in this matchup i really like the buffalo bills in in this well you know where i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna have to agree with you on that and take the bills there's a couple other things you mentioned the chiefs defense playing better and yes they have but second worst as i mentioned a while ago in yards per carry allowed they're 24th, where, or yeah, 24th in the league in yards per attempt allowed. Uh, Buffalo can move the ball. And because of that, I, I'm going to actually go as far as the X factor in this game. And I might surprise some people. I think the obvious pick would be Stefan Diggs or Josh Allen. I'm going to take Devin Singletary. He has been an absolute beast as of late. Uh, in fact, I had him on my fantasy team. In my championship game, he got me 30 points, most of anybody on my team. And I had guys like Cooper Cup. He won me a championship, by the way. So <laughs> just their their front five, they had some injuries you know, back when they played Carolina. They had a couple of guys out with a COVID and an injury. And as a result, they had to call up a kid named Ryan Bates from the practice squad. They have not given up a sack since he came into the game. I think the Bills have finally got their front five solidified. They can protect Allen. Uh, they're going to give him time to sit back there and make some throws. But at the end of the day, I think it's important to keep Mahomes off the field if you can. This defense of Buffalo is fantastic, and they're going to make some plays. But the easiest way to keep them off the field, and I think they're going to do that with the run game with Singletary and Josh Allen. I think uh, Singletary, I think Singletary's going to have 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and he's going to be the the, the X factor in this one. How, what do you say? I mean, I love everything that you said. I'm going to go really out of left field with with my X Factor in this game. And it's going to worry you, uh, Ronnie. Every time that you see the Bills line up for an extra point or a kick, you're going to be thinking about these words that I'm saying. I My key to this game, because I think there you have all the, the regular players, right? I can say Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill, uh, a whole bunch of people. They're stars galore on this. But in games like this, sometimes it's a gosh dang kicker that screws everything up. (laughs) He wins it or he loses it. And one thing that I saw last week was the only slight that you can say about Buffalo because they had a perfect game last week was the kicker. He missed two extra points. And to me, that's a big deal. 
Because I kickers are so they're like golfers, you know, they get in their own head, they can get the yips. And this is a, too big of a time to be having that happen. So he had two missed extra points last week. He's actually been a really great kicker all season long. This is really like the first little hiccup that I've seen him have. So I'm actually going to have my X factor in this game be Tyler Bass. Because okay. if he misses an extra point and it's a track meet, you know what's going to have to happen is Buffalo is going to have to try to convert a two-pointer to try to, to keep it tied or, or whatever it is. Uh, and potentially, if it comes down to a late kick, I just feel like that is in my mind. I can't get it out of my brain that he missed those. And I remember looking at you last week and I said, Ronnie, that's kind of a big deal. And you're like, no, 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 we're killing him. I'm like, no, 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 it's going to be a big deal next week, man. And so I've just thought about it. And I, I've actually spent a lot of time thinking about it. And there's all sorts of times when these games with all the stars, they come down to that one guy that's not in the offensive meetings. He's not in the defensive meetings. He's kind of over by himself and he's kind of kicking around. And usually you only talk about him if he messes up. Well, if he doesn't mess up, it's going to be key. And if he does, it's going to be key. So I'm actually going Tyler Bass on this one, way out of left field. Well, it's interesting you brought that up. So last season when we played the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, there was a couple of opportunities down inside the five-yard line where we had a fourth and two on one case, and I believe it was a fourth and four or a fourth and three on another. Both instances, uh, Coach McDermott elected to kick the field goal. And as everybody knows, Buffalo lost the game. I don't remember exactly the score. I want to say 38 to 24 or something like that. Uh, and Coach McDermott had a lot of flack from Bill's Mafia for those decisions. I would not be shocked in this game if he doesn't even try to fill goal and just, just pedal to the metal and goes for touchdowns. Yeah, and uh, we talked a little bit about that last week, about being aggressive and whatnot. Remember, we talked about the, the Los Angeles Chargers when they did that against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they didn't convert and yep. it kind of kept Kansas City in that game. So that's interesting that you bring that up. See, I'm telling you, this kicking game is going to be a factor, whether they don't or they do. I, I It's going to be in this game. But I, I can't wait. I got Buffalo in this game. I know you got Buffalo. That means we have two different picks. You got the Packers. I got the Niners. Uh, you got the Bengals. I got the Tennessee Titans. So it looks like something's got to give this week uh we're five and one right now in our picks last week uh where i i missed the cardinals game and you missed the raiders game so something's got to give uh, we got to get a post out there to get some ideas for something you might be standing on fairview avenue with a unicorn shirt and a tutu on saying i suck at playoff picks uh, I, I, I can imagine <laughs> you would look good doing it absolutely absolutely <laughs> <laughs> well I can't wait for, for these games, Ronnie. Is there anything that you want to want to say before we close this thing out? No, I just want to throw it out there one more time, just kind of remind it to all of our listeners, hey, check us out on, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, like I said earlier, you can follow us at, at Twitter at the Peepcast and on Facebook, the Peepcast. Please get on there, give us a follow, turn on your notifications so you can see when we drop some episodes and uh, our, our polls. We really want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your thoughts and suggestions, ideas on the, the games. Uh, hit us up. We'd love to chat with you. Absolutely. I absolutely concur with that. Uh, I think it, it's always great when we get to hear from our listeners, and uh, I can't wait. Make sure you also give us a rating uh, and let us know what you think. So, all right. Well, I can't wait to talk about these games on Monday, Ronnie. But until then, I think we're out. We're out. We're out.